It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast, the Res Edition, presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor, with Local12 sports anchor Gary Miller and Local12 sports reporter, anchor, and producer Jed DeMusey. Uh, we're talking actually right after the Reds have taken two of three from the Cardinals. Fellas, a little rough start uh, against the Pirates. I think part of that, though, is you ran into a pirate buzzsaw that... that Continue being a buzzsaw. Make much out of out of that slow start out of the break, Gary. Uh, you know, when I was looking at it, I was thinking the temperature wasn't in the 40s, but the weather was bad. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it was reminiscent of the slow start bad, to the season. Bad weather reset. And that, yeah. That's the thing, yeah. I, I think the most uh, troubling thing, and it's spilled into the Cardinals series, is you know, the offense is the one given that you right. know that this team has, and I'm just shocked that they're struggling so badly offensively coming out of the break. If not for Suarez. Uh, how much of that's tied to, to Scott Shebler? I mean, it seemed like when they moved Scott Shebler to the leadoff spot, this offense really took off. Um, look, one guy's not going to make up for the ills of a bunch of other guys who aren't hitting, but um, he seemed to be the catalyst for this offense in the leadoff spot. Yeah, Jake. and we, we kind of touched on it Sunday night. I asked you the question – is this a blessing in disguise because it forces Jim Riggleman to do some stuff, you know, for lack of a better term. You know, he, he was handed a team that, yes, went 3-15, and 15, but for by and large, this was a team that was healthy. And eventually that team came around and he was the beneficiary of it. Now you've got, you know, a, 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 you've got Shebler hurt. You've got some pitching things to take care of. Matt Harvey could be traded. You've got Blandino, who was a role player, but now he's out for the year. You've got Dixon up. He's being forced, for better or worse, to move some things around. So is it a Scott Shebler thing that, that has kind of stalled this offense? I don't know. But if Jim Riggleman wants this job past this year, he better figure out a way to get that production up because you can't just say it's Scott Shebler no, in, I, in I, perpetuity. Agreed. I, I also think that, that, look, you got swept by the Pirates, got destroyed, and now I just have to look back and go, maybe that's just how good the Pirates were playing because then you bounce back and win the series from St. Louis right. and kind of continue a trend of, of winning series. It's hard to look at that but Pirate series in a really vacuum. But troubling things. No doubt. first two games. I mean, these guys, Ponce de Leon looked like Ponce de Leon himself. Yeah, the, the and, fountain and of youth, man. Gomber was, had never started a game. They Except for the fire drill. Yeah, if they were not for the fire drill, they might get no hit back-to-back. Right. Back. So I, I'm not... I think we're missing the force for the trees because the Reds have already won more games against the Cardinals right. this year yeah. than they have in four or five years. And as good as, as Ponce de Leon was and, and, and Gomber as, too. as good of a story as he is, they won that game. And that was their first lead in the all, since the post-All-Star break, and their second one was today in any game. Um, but, it, you know, you're going to have a hard time Telling fans not to be excited about taking two out of three from the, the hated yeah, and that's St. Why, Louis Cardinals. That's why I've got to just look at that pirate series and go, look, this team's a been a buzzsaw. They went to uh, Cleveland, Cleveland and, and actually I think they're they're losing as we're doing this today, which right. would end the winning streak. But uh, they they were on a pretty good roll. I I don't have a lot of doubts in the offense. I you know look, it, you go through droughts on occasion. I still think this this offense will score. But let, let's touch on the pitching. Um, and especially Homer Bailey. Mm. I think there was a lot of pressure on Homer Bailey on Tuesday. I think there was a lot of pressure on the Reds' management who made that decision, knowing that it's a fan base that didn't like that, doesn't want him, doesn't want that. Let's tip our cap to Homer Bailey. I mean, he, he pitched probably as well as he has all year. Well, they obviously did their research, and they liked what they saw in Louisville, and he looked a lot like 
two of his last three starts right. in Louisville in that major league return on Tuesday. Uh, you know, strikeouts are up. Uh, you know, he didn't look like the homer before he was sent down. So I, I think they saw something in Louisville that they, they really liked. I don't think they just said, we're paying this guy a fortune, let's get him back in here. But, I think the big mistake they made, and I don't want to, you know, if you got more to say on Bailey, but they should have figured out a way to skip Harvey's turn. Well, Jed and I <laughs> talked about that, and that kind of parlays into it. Man, there's a lot. There is a lot. I, I, it doesn't seem like the market is, is not only not very hot for Matt Harvey, there's not much of a market for Matt Harvey, let alone a no. hot market for Matt Harvey. I, I don't think the market— Is that because of the recent start? Is that because of what a pennant-chasing team might think he regresses to, both physically and um, mentally with, with his, his nightlife? Uh, I just there, there just doesn't seem to be much out there for him. You know, this is almost like this is like almost going on the prices right and spinning the wheel the first time <laughs> and getting sixty five cents and saying I'm good. Right? No, you're right. I don't know if the Reds can afford not to pitch him. I, if they don't pitch him, they're basically saying everybody we're waiting. Dick Williams is sitting by the phone waiting for your phone call. Well, but but I I would say it's not about not pitching him going forward. I mean, you still also have the the. The waiver trade trade deadline that, sure. that occurs after July thirty first. Right. You still have another month to, to maybe make a move, and we we may be jumping the gun. We're still as we tape this five days out from from the from the trade deadline, so there there may eventually be a market wait for Harvey. And see this next start, yeah. Say, I, was that an aberration? And that's where if or, I'm the Reds, or was it the five straight strong starts? Yeah, I told Jed on Sunday on the Sports Authority, Gary, that I'm not so sure. I I sit this one out until the trade deadline comes and goes, and tell a team, look. We're just this. Is, we we don't want him to get hurt at this late stage of the game on us. And that last start, it just was what it was. Look at the other well, starts. Well, those guys he had. come off the board. I mean, they're trading for Nathan Avaldi. There's right. interest in J. A. Happ. I mean, he's he's not too far. He's in that group. He's in that group. That's fair. Uh, I don't that's know. Fa- no, that's fair. I think J. Happ's a, a notch above. I think Cole Hamels a notch above. Well, Cole Hamels is maybe a notch above. Cole J. Hamels Happ, is, yeah. I'm not but sure. J. Happ very is very expensive. But, yeah. I I mean I just I, I think that they owe it to themselves to to keep putting him out there every every fifth day to get what they can. I mean, Ivaldi was traded for I think the sixth best prospect in the uh, Red Sox organization, and this is a tra- a team that's trading you know with a lot of guys at the major league level. They're not necessarily concerned with who's coming up for them. I'm not so sure you're going to get the sixth best guy in somebody's system no, for Matt Harvey. No, that would right. be fantastic. Right. It would be. And you're not going to get that right now. And I think you should be – I think you should put all your chips to the center of the table and see if he can go out and get a start where you can get something decent in return for him. If you're going to sit and wait for some phone calls, you're going to be trading for a bucket of spit. But we're not talking about sitting Well, now him. you have to throw him out there, though. I don't see to show that but that I, wasn't it. But you're not talking about sitting him for two weeks, three weeks. You're talking about sitting, skipping him a start, technically. Skipping him one start – between now and the trade I deadline. I would have skipped him that start and gotten something done. Because now his value is diminished. But you're assuming something was going to get done, though. Yeah, well, I I'm think, seeing the names thrown out there. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, but but let's, let's put it put it this way. If you're a team that's looking for starting pitching, and he has made it very clear he's not going to come out of the bullpen. He's <laughs> not going to be a long relief guy. Made that clear to the Mets. But, yes, you're right. Right. <laughs> I, but, I mean, I don't think that – you know he's going to back down from that. If he does, then then the the doors open for some other things. But there are a ton of relievers that are still on the board, and one played third, and one played third base in uh, Sergio Romo. Right. Um, but I, I just if you're a team, wouldn't you rather give up? Uh, wouldn't you rather pay a higher price for a guy like 
a Michael Fulmer from Detroit than than to spend something and 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 cross your fingers on Harvey. What type of role is the team that's trading for Matt Harvey expecting him to fulfill? The, the same as you would for a guy like Fulmer to be the fourth or fifth guy in your rotation, probably the fifth guy. Or Evaldi or half. Yeah, I mean, or yeah. I mean, you're, a lot you're, of these teams in contention barely have three quality starters. Yeah, I just I think I would much rather go for a guy like a Michael Fulmer that you're going to pay a higher price for that has a bigger upside. As but you don't care. To, but you, what, what upside do you care about when you're running a guy for two months? You're just hoping right. he gives you the two months, right? Well, but the, I mean, the former you could keep, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, you yeah. Know? So it's a question of whether or not you think it's worth it for a guy you could keep, a guy who could potentially be on your team longer term, or is it? Are you are you going to to roll the dice on Harvey and and give a return that's not really going to be? That great. Well, then you get situations like the Brewers with you know Moeller Suter going down. They were already looking for starting pitching. Now they got a, more holes to fill, and both that division, the NL East. You think we get one more guy? We're we're only separated by a game or, or a game and a half here. They got the same problem we do. If we get that guy, and Harvey could help those like yes. an Atlanta or, or yes. a Philadelphia. Yes, I, I think he could. He's better than their fourth and fifth starters. All right, so let's go, though, to a, to the worst-case scenario here is, which you don't move him. You've tried. You did your due diligence. There wasn't a market for him. What do you do with the six starting pitchers up here at that point? Because you're almost having to make that decision if you're not skipping Harvey now anyway, right? Yeah. Castillo's I mean, coming off a good start. I mean, Homer's I, coming off a good start. Here, here's the thing. Romano's coming off a good start. If if the Reds are thinking long-term, which they should, the answer is either Homer Bailey or Matt Harvey. Goes to the bullpen. Yeah. Yes. One of those two guys. And they've made it very clear, or uh, the, the situation has played out in the sense that Homer Bailey is not going to go to the bullpen. And he's making enough money that if he's turning in starts like he did in his most recent in the, in the rotation – just by nature of, of the situation. So if, if I, I think if they, you know, come up short with Harvey, that maybe you go a six, maybe you do a six man rotation. Know, but that stunts the development of young pitchers. It does, but it's got, but it's going to stunt the development more. And, and if Sal Romano isn't starting, if Castillo isn't starting, I mean, it's going to no, stunt the development more. It hurts them, their development too, though, if now they're pitching every Sixth, sixth day. day instead of every fifth day. I, Romano I, I, hadn't pitched in like 10 days. But we're talking worst case scenario here. The worst case scenario is sending one of those guys to the bullpen, is it not? It's, it would be better. It no, would I not think the, be no, ideal. I, I, no, yeah, I, I don't think either one of them is going to go. I think the worst case scenario is sending a young guy to that's the bullpen. That's what I mean. Right. That's what I'm saying. If you, That's the worst case scenario. So the less than ideal scenario is for them to start every six right now that looks like Romano because that was the plan over the weekend if they needed them and if they were down 10 nothing in the third inning against the Pirates they didn't but if they had needed one those games were close Romano was going to pitch out of the bullpen and he wouldn't have started the matinee today and at some point in time they've got to somebody's got to step in and say what are we doing here yes what are we doing here why are we doing this to Sal Romano I just I I don't well, think it makes any it, sense. The way it worked out is you didn't do anything really to Sal Romano yet. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yet. But we got that's a week what, left. That's, that's why the next five than a week. Yeah, the next deadline. five or six days are big for Matt Harvey to where he goes, yeah. and it's big for the Reds because if it's August first and you're stuck with these guys, you got to make some semblance. What if he has another bad start against the Phillies? Right. Then I think you're. But honestly, you got to throw him out there now. 
Man. and hope that he goes back to what he was doing before the All Star break. <laughs> I'm up. Otherwise, you got to just take whatever I, I you think, can get for him. I think it's going to be a moot point if he goes out and and I mean, unless he completely blows the doors off somebody and someone salivates over that. I think right now the market is what it is for him, and I don't think the market's very high. And I think it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to get traded. And I think the Reds at on July 31st may be scrambling to deal him to deal him. Yeah, yeah, I think they're going to have to take what they can get. And they don't want to go with a six-man rotation. It's not going to be much because whatever you think of Jay Happ, whatever you think of, of, of Cole Hamels or whoever else, there are guys that are ahead of him in the pecking order sure. in terms of available sure. pitchers. Sure. There are guys that are ahead of him. All right, let's go to, to Rizal Iglesias. Um, I, I, you know, there's a lot of relievers that are also off the board there already too, but you got to think he fits for somebody, doesn't he? If well, you, a lot if you of teams deal have him, serious relief yeah. problems, although Britain just – just went, you know, the, how many guys do the Yankees need? But yeah, but I, I think what, what is probably more likely, and maybe especially since they're not going anywhere this year, there's a lot of interest in justifiably in David Hughes, uh, David Hernandez, Hernandez and, and Jared, Jared Hughes. Hughes. Yeah, and I and I wrote a column about that last and week. They're, and, and they're more valuable than Harvey is. That, that those are two guys that you oh, also yeah. need to, to move. That Look, they've pitched great. you got more than enough right. value out of them, and you may get better pieces back for them than, than Iglesias. I don't think that's the case. I don't think you get more than you would for Iglesias. Now, the one thing I would say about Iglesias your is – investment's less. I do think if you're the Reds, you don't have to trade him. You don't have to. No, of course not. I think Hughes and Hernandez, you're almost – look, they were one-year signed. Chinese basically and, and let you know fill the back it's, of the bullpen it's, it's and Dan Straley yes, all correct, over again correct correct it's exactly flip, flip what them it for, is. Some, for something more I'm not going to ask you personnel wise what it would take for Iglesias but would it take everything the Reds say they want in return from another team is that the only time you would pull the trigger on Iglesias being dealt or if it was close would you say yeah that's close enough or, or if you're the Reds you say hey I want player A B C and D and then you can have Iglesias because you don't have to. No, you don't have to. I think the Reds are in, in the driver's seat. I think they're they're less in the driver's seat in the sense that he is going to opt into arbitration and his contract that he's under now isn't going to be as team-friendly as it will be when he makes more than what he's owed on the next yeah, few it's 5. years. It's 5.7, I think. And he's like going to go to arbitration right. and make more than that. Um, so it's not as, as team-friendly as it would appear, but he's under team control for another couple of years two years two more there's, years there's no there's no reason to not i mean there's no reason for them to to settle why i mean why would you why would you you the the reds have to and and again the problem is is that everyone looks and says well they they held on to a role to chapman for too long and they got nothing but you have to operate from, I think, a position but, of strength. Well, they were not operating from a position of strength exactly. on a role as Chapman. They were, they were at the end of the straw, unfortunately. Exactly. They, and there were the domestic violence issues right. that came to that light. And they, and, and they, you know, their, their hand was forced there. But I think you look at, you look at the offseason, this coming offseason. You look at, you know, there, there are situations like the Cleveland Indians. I mean, you've got Andrew Miller. You've got Cody Allen that are going to be walking. Maybe there, and I'm sure there are several other teams that are potentially in that position, contenders that have guys coming off the books after this year. So there's going to be more options and more opportunities to trade Iglesias. So to do it now for 40, 50, 60 cents on the dollar, I don't think it makes a lot of sense at all. All right, now sell that to the fan base, though, that, that has seen this team start to play better. Um, 
sees Iglesias technically under team control for another couple years, sees his ability, sees the results, sees the performance level. Gary, sell, sell that to the fact. I'm not. I'm not. Sell what? I'm not. The, the, I would the, have the, to get wild. The, the, dealing Iglesias. I'm not telling you wrong. I'm just telling you now. now you no, I'm saying keep him unless you get exactly what yeah. you want. I'm just. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about trade him at all. Right. No, I'm saying you'd have to get wild. Yes. You'd have to get yes. multiple, you know, multiple guys that you see plugged into your 25-man by 2020. Because uh, I, as we're talking about this, we're talking about contending teams with big payrolls. Yes. Their bullpen is schlock. Yes. That they would love to have. A, the Cubs are another team that's just dying for a quality reliever. The Indians desperately need a guy you can count on. The Astros, who are the, maybe the best team of any, are dying to get a reliable lockdown reliever. The Yankees already had several and they, and they wanted more. Britain, they wanted more. Who right. when he's healthy is as good as anybody in baseball. So why why would you create a vacuum from a guy that you've got and as we mentioned, you've got under decent control if you're willing to at least spend the average or or a, a reasonable amount on payroll to keep him uh He's one of the elite relievers in the league. He's one of a handful yeah, of guys. Yeah, and it, 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 we, I feel like we talk about this a lot with, with um, the Bengals, and, and people say trade A.J. McCarron for a second-round pick. Great. That's awesome. That in sounds theory. like a great plan. That's yeah. awesome in theory, yeah. but you've got to find yeah. that other team. And you've mentioned some teams. I think the Indians trading for Brad Hand, getting uh, Andrew Miller back, are probably off the table. Uh, the Astros certainly would be a team that that you would target if you're looking to deal Iglesias because they, I mean, for and goodness sake, good they've got a got they've got a lot of great young talent, and they're they're running into a bit of a logjam because they've got so many good young guys at the major league level right. that they've got some guys that they can burn, and that I mean that would be the target if I'm Dick Williams, I'm getting on the phone and seeing what the Astros can offer because they've got a, really a ton of a a ton of guys who have, who have looked really good. There were a ton of them in the futures game. There are a ton of them coming up that maybe they, they are willing to do that. But outside of, of, and I know there are other teams here, here, there and everywhere that could be looking for them. But in terms of a team that's going to be willing to give you a haul, to give you a, a team that's saying, Hey, we're going to go for it. And we're going to give you what, what Iglesias is worth and we're content with that, I, I don't know how many of those teams are necessarily out there. All right, Dick Williams, what was it, two weeks or so ago, told a couple of beat writers that, that um, the Reds do plan on increasing payroll next year. But he also put a little onus on the fans and said, hey, we'll increase it, but we need you to kind of kick in. If the Reds deal Iglesias and Jeanette and, and, and even Matt Harvey, while People who know the game get that and get where they're going with that to some degree. Um, a lot of fans don't. So, so it, how do you tell fans, hey, we'll increase payroll, got to come watch us to do that, yet we're going to get rid of three key guys? That's a tough sell. Is it not? It is, yeah. Because I think the interest is increasing yes. from, from below zero in March and April to – Quite a bit of interest going into the All-Star break. The offense, I mean, it's an exciting team to watch. And then the way they beat the Cardinals uh, and the way they hit, you know, you start worrying about guys like Tucker Barnhart and then suddenly he hits a huge home run saying, well, maybe Casale should be splitting time with him. <laughs> yeah, so, no. <laughs> um, Scooter's tough because I think he is one of those fan favorites, you know, and he's from oh, here. Without and, a doubt, yeah. Uh, and he's performing. 
Right. I mean, that's the other part. And he's performing. He's still pretty young, and you, and you got him for nothing. Correct. Correct. I, I, so I, I don't know. I, I think they, I think they would be putting too much uh, pressure on on a thin pitching staff to be carried by this offense. Yeah. The the problem that the Reds have that any small market team has in the bush because if they trade Scooter Jeanette and they get they get a couple guys in the system that it, you know if you look at a trade on paper and say. We're gonna get this guy at player player A and player B for Jeanette. You know, you may pull the trigger on that, but it's but they have to hit on that, and they're not going to go out this off season and go sign a top second baseman for for money, or else they would just pay it to, to Jeanette, Jeanette right as it now. Is. Sure. So I think that's the problem when you're talking about about teams that maybe don't have the money. I mean, the Red Sox, if Eovaldi doesn't work, if I mean they traded for Drew Pomerantz, and he's been. He's been halfway decent for them, but you you never know because they fill gaps and they write checks and make right. everything work. And the if Reds he doesn't work. We'll go get another right, one just and, like it. Right, exactly. And and the Reds aren't in that position, so it's a very tenuous situation. Do we do what we think is best for the franchise and kick this rebuilding can down the road another two years? Well, you can't sell that to your fan base, man. You can't. You can't sell it to Ooh. your fan base because the fan base knows that. The fan base, I think, would be... I think the fan base realizes now they're closer than what we all thought. They're, they're close enough. And now... And I think that plays into the Iglesias Jeanette. No doubt. No doubt about it. All right. Because they would be... Because you don't have to go that far to move up in this division. Correct. Correct. They got the offense. They arguably have the best offense in this division. I take it over just about any. There's no doubt about that. When no everybody's doubt. healthy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, lastly, let's play a quick game here uh, on guys because by the time do, we do our next one, the, the trade deadline will come and go. Do right. we? Do you want to touch on uh, the weekend events at Great American Ballpark? Um, no, because I'm afraid I'll, I'll besmirch Dave Bristol's name. I just will say this. <laughs> the Reds Hall of Fame is a little too um, full. Full, yes. When Dave Bristol is making the Reds Hall of Fame, it's become a little too full. Nice man, good baseball guy. Really, yes, absolutely. Not sure what he did to deserve to be in the Reds Baseball Hall of Fame. No, it's odd choice. He's a great guy. Great guy. That's no, it. great baseball that's guy. That's got to be it. Yeah, great guy. he managed guy. some Hall of Fame players. He sure did. <laughs> but the next guy in managed him to a little further along down the road. So I, I will say that, that being there in that, in that room for that press conference, you, you do have to kind of, I mean, for me, and I'm sure for, for you gentlemen who are a little bit older than I am, I, I do have an appreciation seeing Johnny Bench sitting next to Tony Perez. Oh, no doubt. It's sitting cool. It's next great. to Pete Rose. Yeah, the event's fabulous. And, and, that, and, and you can say what you want about Johnny and Pete, and, and you can say what you want about whoever, but it is to have those moments with those guys on the stage passing the mic up and down, yeah. regardless of who gets inducted, and that's that's a separate issue. But I think it's it's just something that I hope everyone in that room appreciated, hearing stories about when Johnny Bench's, when he, Johnny Bench's parents – came and watched him in St. Louis in his first game facing Bob Gibson. I mean, mm-hmm. to sit there and just hear that story sure. and how he, you know, struck out the first three times and his dad was giving him a hard time after the game and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's just wild. That's because Dave Bristol was managing him. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Bring it full circle. <laughs> and, and, the, the, and those guys are obviously on the back nine of, of, their, of their lives, um, and, and that – you know, those type of events are, are not going to happen forever. And I, I will say that the Reds Hall of Fame does a good job they really, of no, getting I, those guys I'll give you to that come part. in. Let's, let's just set some boundaries. The only thing I'll say is let's all set right. some right. boundaries. Sure. All right. That's all I can yeah. tell you. All right. Quick game here. we got about a minute or so. 
Um, I'll, I'll say the name. You tell me if you think he's a red um, oh, come, come August 1st or not when the trade deadline's come and gone. Matt Harvey, here, here or gone? I, think, I hope not. I think he's gone. gone. All right. Um, but not Scooter, for much. Scooter Jeanette. Here. Gary? I hope here. Okay. Um, Adam Duvall. I'll tell you what, the, mar- the outfield market is brutal. And I will, I will say, because a lot of people are looking at Adam Jones as a waiver, right. as a waiver pickup. I'd rather have Duvall. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say gone. Really? How about you, Gary? You I've heard there. You know, the interest kind of surprised me, mm-hmm. and they have a log jam. I'd like to see him and Billy go. Nah. But. I think I think one of the one of the things about Duvall is that his defense is is underrated. It's very good. Mm-hmm. He's almost and, a gold a gold glover right. for goodness sake. And I think a lot of teams may look and say, you know what, we've had a problem. With somebody hitting the ball. We've had we've had a problem with outfield production. But at least we can get – if this guy turns a corner offensively, then we've got a gold-glove caliber outfielder, sure. and right. he's turning the corner. So I think somebody may His bite His production numbers for a 205 hitter are, are very, off the very good. He's on pace for another 100 RBI a year, which right. would be technically three in a row. He had 99 the one year. All right, Billy Hamilton, here or gone? I think he's – I, I pass, Gary. I think I think he's staying because of I, do the, too. I think the franchise I do loves too. him. How about you? You're not, you're not you're gonna pass on this one. He he's another guy that I think some teams are gonna look at and say here or know, gone. Yes or no? I think he's cup or cone. I think he's here, but I think he's got a I think he's got a good chance of going. But right. I think he's here. I think he'd be very valuable to a playoff contender to a team that can afford that. Yeah. I mean, great late inning, perfect guy for some of the some team along. And at the lines. very least, he's going to play a, a very above average Gold Glove right. caliber Correct. center field. Perfect for a, for a team that doesn't need to start him. That puts him in the outfield I mean, in the seventh take, inning. Take the Indians as an example, and he can pay to do that. Take the Indians as an example. They, you put him in center. They're getting zero production right. from their mm-hmm. outfield. You put him in center field to 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 play a, above average to gold glove defense when you've got Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor and Edwin Encarnacion got plenty and of Alonso and that you don't need if he gets on base that that's a bonus step. yeah uh, Iglesias here here I think so too I don't think they're going to get what they want for him right Hughes and Hernandez uh I would say uh I'd say Hughes is gone I would say one of them is. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get rid of. I'm going more Hughes and Hernandez too. I'm with you. I think I think there's a there's a bigger market for Jared Hughes, and that's not a knock on what Hernandez has done because Hernandez has been great. They're just I just think Jared Hughes's production's been just. Yeah, you just need that better. double play ball. Correct. <laughs> yes, that's that's he gives you that. Potential and he can to do pitch that. multiple innings. Correct. Correct. A horse. All right, boys. I appreciate it much. Um, we, we got we got a lot. We got we got stuff going we'll on. We'll talk about the, right. the deals on the trade deadline. Yes, next yes, time. we will. We will talk about the trades uh, come next week on the next podcast. For Jed Demusi, Gary Miller, I'm Richard Skinner. This has been the Skinny Podcast presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati.